Shalom, 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 shalom. Shalom evening, people of God. I believe you are all doing well. Glory to Jesus, glory to Jesus, glory to Jesus. Shalom, 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 shalom evening. My God. Glory to Jesus. I thank God for your lives. I want to welcome all of you. God bless you. Favor answer. God bless you. Fifi Michael. God bless you. Mandy. The Lord bless you. Akosia Edike. God bless you. Francis Bonsu. God bless you. The Giving Shepherd. God bless you. Akua Mansa. God bless you. Ohefo. Nanayao, God bless you. God bless you. Ketrabna, God bless you. Royal Lizzie, God bless you. Ernestina, God bless you. Kwekwinsha, God bless you. Michelle, God bless you. God bless you. Beatrice, God bless you. Mamea Mwakwa, God bless you. Jayant, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you and keep all of you strong. Nanama, God bless you. Nelly, Ajay, God bless you. Michael, Memshak, God bless you. Yvonne Amwakwa, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Edwin, God bless you. Stella, God bless you. The Lord bless you all and keep you strong. In Jesus' precious mighty name, I want to welcome all of you. To the mountain of the eagles this evening, even as we enter into the dimension of God's word. Hallelujah. Mame Ama Adabo, God bless you. God bless you, my daughter. How are you doing? God bless you. All right. Glory to Jesus. All right, wherever you are, begin to bless the name of the Lord. Lift up your voice and begin to thank God. Glory to Jesus. Mamiya, I thank God for your life. Lift up your voice, people of God. Begin to bless the name of the Lord. Mighty God, we honor you. We give you praise and the glory. Thank you, Father. We give you praise and the glory, Lord. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Holy Ghost. 
Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We give you glory. We give you glory. We give you glory. Be thou glorified, mighty God. We honor you for this evening. Father, we exalt you. We give you praise. Lift up your voice wherever you are. Begin to exalt the name of the Lord. Exalt him. Exalt him. He deserves our praise. Ancient of days, we give you glory, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We bless you. We bless you. We bless you. Thank you, Father. We give you praise and the glory. We give you all the glory, mighty God. Be thou glorified in the midst of your people. In Jesus' precious, mighty name. Thank you, Jesus. 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 We give you glory. We give you glory. We give you glory. We give you glory. Thank you, Father. Ancient of days, we give you praise. We give you glory for such a time as this, even in your presence, Lord. May your name be glorified this evening. For this reason have we come before your throne, that we might receive even of your spirit. Blessed Father, we give you glory, Lord. We honor you for making it possible that your children will come before your everlasting throne. Therefore, Lord, lift up your banner of love over us. Destroy the works of the enemy and let your will forever be fulfilled, even in the midst of your people. Eternal Father, we give you praise. Your word is already anointed, therefore let your word come forth with power, that it might impart grace even into the hearts of your people. In Jesus' precious mighty name. Father, we know nothing. That is why we have come. Train us as children in the way that we should go. In Jesus' precious mighty name, order our steps into glory. Snatch our souls from the foulest snares in the name of Jesus. And let us behold your beauty and your glory. Let us not put our hands into iniquity. And let us not change our hearts towards you. O mighty one of Israel. Have mercy upon us and build us into a tabernacle that you can dwell and inhabit for the sake of your glory. We give you praise even for an answered prayer in Jesus' precious mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. We bless you, Father. We give you all the praise. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. God bless you, people of God.
God bless you. I want to welcome all of you this evening to the Mountain of the Eagles and even to this evening's teaching, the prophetic training. Hallelujah. We are training ourselves prophetically in the Word of God. And God is helping us. He's opening our eyes to behold amazing truth in His Word. I pray that this evening too, He will stretch forth His mighty hand of revelation to touch us in Jesus' precious mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. All right. We bless God. By the special grace of God, we are still even in the moment of studying the Word of God. Now, we started talking about what happens after death. What happens after death? When somebody dies, what happens next? When somebody dies, what happens next? Now, we began to give some few explanations to some of the things that would happen when somebody dies. And I think we laid a foundation and a lot of us were shocked of some of the truths that were unveiled from the scriptures the other time because we aligned what we heard the other time even to what they have taught us in Sunday school. And we realized that they were not in line. And many of us realized how deceived we have been. But blessed be God that he caused his light to shine forth on our eyes. The Bible says that the entrance of the word of God giveth light. And he giveth understanding unto the simple. We bless God for the light of his word. In Jesus' precious mighty name. Alright, so please, if you have any question on what we talked about the other time, about death, life after death as a believer, if there is any question you have, you can ask right now. Any question. Maybe there is something you did, you, you did not get. You can ask. Alright, so... The floor is yours. You can ask any question. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. Still waiting. Okay. My son, the Prince said, Daddy, please, if someone dies and is resurrected, what goes into it and how? Are things changed in the realms of the dead? Okay. Okay. If I'm getting the question right, what goes on into 
into, into the resurrection of the dead? And how are things changed in the realms of the dead? Okay. Somebody say, where does the dead person go to? That is the question we have been... <laughs> uh, that's the whole teaching. So you can't ask so simple like that for me to just give one answer. No, it does not work like that. So if you were not here the other time, I would entreat you to um, pay attention and really listen to what God... Because a dead person does not just go to one place. As you have been taught, it is not true like that. It is a journey. It is a journey. You pass through a lot of places before you get to where you are going. So you have to understand. Okay. All right. Now, let me... Oh, I, I see. I'm, I'm sure that is the reason why. Then you have to go um, for the message. I'm going to download it on, from my podcast, What Happens After Death. It will help you because it will give you the foundations of everything. I can't go back to what we did the other time. So once you go into the foundations, it will help you build up. Uh-huh. That will help all of us. God bless you, Nelly. God bless you. Okay. Now, let me, let me talk about my son's question. He said, when somebody dies and is resurre- resurrected, what goes into it? Now, honestly, I wanted to actually talk about that this evening. The Bible speaks of two types of resurrection and two types of death. Two types of resurrection and two types of death. As a believer, you need to understand these things. Are you getting it? As a believer, you need to know these two types of death. The word of God told us that the wages of sin is death. So when we sinned against God, we died. So the first death actually came as a result of we sinning against God. So... Anybody that has not yet believed in the Lord Jesus is already dead. And I've been explaining this. Once you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you are resurrected from the dead. So Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. But the life I live is not mine, but Christ that lives in me. So Paul was crucified with Christ and he resurrected with him. It is our born again experience that starts at what we call the first resurrection. Our born again experience that starts the first resurrection. Now we need to have this understanding. So the moment you believe in the Lord Jesus, you that was dead have been brought back to life. 
And once you have been brought back to life, there is another dimension. When your soul leaves your body, when your soul leaves your body, we actually physically we call it death. But in the realm of the spirit, it is actually called sleep. So when we read the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 15, Paul made a statement. He said, We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed. 2 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 51. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 51. Paul said to us, He said, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed. We shall be changed. We shall be changed. We shall be changed. I love that. We'll we'll take time into that. And he said, in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. So Paul is telling us that we shall not all die, but we shall be changed. So you see, as we are listening to what Paul is actually saying, haven't you realized that they have been telling us certain things that everybody will die in this world? It depends on the understanding about death. That is why Paul did not actually write the thing like, we will not all die. But he said, we shall not all sleep. Because anytime your soul spirit being leaves your body, we don't say you are dead. We say that you are asleep. And you have now transited to a different dimension of life. Are you following Good. So now, scripturally, there are two main deaths and two main resurrections. I'm going to take my time and touch on all these. Now, one of the things you have to understand, I don't want to confuse you, but I'll bring it to a certain place for you to understand that death and resurrection actually keeps happening in man several times. Paul said it. Paul said, I die daily. Did you get that? I die daily. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 31. He said, I protest by your rejo- rejoicing, which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord. I die daily. Wow. Paul said, Every day I die. Paul is dying daily. Why are we still seeing him alive? What kind of death is Paul talking about? I'll take time and open some of these things up because it will help us understand what God wants to let us know this evening.
Mrs. Blankson, don't worry. I'll, I'll teach on that one. I think I've spoken on that before, but I'll, I'll, I'll talk about it. Yeah, because that one is, um, it's a whole kind of topic on its own. Yeah, and I'll touch on that. I'll talk about Enoch and Elijah too, so that you will understand. <laughs> Amazing grace. Hallelujah. All right. I love the story of Enoch, you know. Let me open your eyes on something very quickly before um, we, we move on. Let's read something from the book of Hebrews, chapter 11. The Bible began to speak of, um, it is actually called the Hall of Faith. The Bible began to speak of people that actually, you know, people that actually um, walked with God in faith, you know, and the word of God started telling us about some of the things they did by faith. When you read verse 5 of Hebrews chapter 11, the Bible said, by faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. You see, so the Bible was actually making mention. The Bible spoke about Abel, spoke about Enoch, spoke about Noah, spoke about Abraham, spoke about a lot of people. And when you read verse 13, listen to what the Bible said in verse 13. The Bible mentioned all these people and what they did by faith. But listen to verse 13. Verse 13 of Hebrews chapter 11. You can post it here. I want everybody to see it. Good. The Bible said, These all died in faith, not having received their promise. Ah! Is it not the same verse 5 that said, Enoch was translated by God that he should not see death. And verse 13 is telling us that all these people that the Bible has, the verse has actually made mention of, they all died in faith. <laughs> wow. So did Enoch die or not? He said, these all, which are the all, all these people that he has mentioned above. <laughs> he said, these all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them from them afar off, and were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Hey! I want you to know this, people of God. Can I say this one? Let me say it. I will say it once and I won't say it again. 
Nobody that had passed through all the realms from heaven to the physical plane of the earth. Nobody that has passed through will not die. I don't know if you, are, if you are getting what I'm saying. If the English is right. Let me explain. Nobody that has passed through these realms before appearing on the physical plane of the earth can say he or she will not die. Mm-hmm. That exactly everybody that will pass through all the realms must die. But the thing you have to understand is that death is not the same for all men. Are you getting what I'm saying? I'm now bringing you to a certain point of understanding here. Death is not the same for all men. Let me let you understand that. This body that you have, it is actually called the body of death. So, so long as you have this body, it is possible that you can die. So long as you have this body, that is why there is a certain groaning in ourselves that this body will be clothed on with a different kind of body that God has already prepared for us. So God has prepared a body in heaven. That body God has prepared is called mansion. <laughs> I want to tell you that Enoch died. But his death is not like the one that your soul will leave your body. No. Can I explain how Enoch died? Okay, let me touch on some few things for you too. Somebody say, hey, man of God, what are you saying? Hey, Enoch, that the Bible says he did not die. Read verse 13. Of Hebrews, he said, All these they died in faith. All these died. Listen to me. Even Elijah, that was carried by a chariot into heaven, the spirit of Elijah came into a man, into another form called John the Baptist, and the guy was beheaded. He died. Have you forgotten? Do you remember what the Bible said? John the Baptist was actually the Elijah. Jesus said it. If only you can take it. He is the Elijah that was to come. We have, we have, I, have I think I've taught on that one here before. The people, the Philistines had read the Torah. And they had read the book of Malachi. When Malachi actually said that Elijah will be sent before the day of the Lord comes. That is before Jesus Christ comes to fulfill his assignment. So they were all waiting for Elijah. 
But they, they had read of Elijah because they did not meet Elijah in his time. And they read of the mighty things Elijah did. So they were still believing and waiting for a man like that. But this time around, Elijah came in another form called John the Baptist. But they did not see Elijah because when they saw John, they said, oh, he's a different person. But the other time, when they met Jesus, they said, ah, but the prophet Malachi said, before, if you are claiming to be the Lord, then the prophet Malachi said, before your day comes, Elijah will come. But we have not seen any Elijah. And Jesus said, who told you Elijah has not come? If only you can receive it. He is John the Baptist. And look at how John the Baptist ended. They cut off his head. He died. So has Elijah died? That is why you have to read the scriptures very well. There are certain... Listen to me. No, no matter the matter, if you were born by a woman, you will have to pass through the other realms and go back to God. It might not be through the normal death that your soul will go. There are people, their bodies will pass through the other realms, like Enoch. I wish I can see some things here, but many of you will get confused. I don't want to move away from my sermon this evening. But listen to me. Let me explain something about Enoch to you. People of God. People of God. Now. You see, when you lift up your eyes... And look into the sky. What you see is the clouds. Is that, is, that, is that not so? Good. Now, above the clouds, we have what we call the sea. I think I've taught on that before. And it is this sea that is above the clouds. It is from that that we get what we call rain. It is coming from the sea that is above the clouds. That realm is called the ether. E-T-H-E-R. So the thing is, if you decide to go through the heavens without dying for your body to remain here, you will still pass through a certain sea. Before you go to the di other dimensions. Do you remember that anytime a man dies, he will pass through a sea? Good. So if you don't pass through the sea that is above the clouds, because all these seas actually connect. This is the reason why when you die, your soul can appear in heaven. And when you don't die like physically like Enoch, you, you can also appear in heaven. There is a way your body can appear in heaven. 
But by the time it gets to heaven, it will not be as the body we have known on the earth. Something must be done to your body. And the moment that thing is done to your body, you are changed. Do you, have you seen that when the Bible was actually talking about the people that did not die, they did not even make mention of Elijah. Have you seen that? It was only Enoch that the Bible made mention of in Hebrews. But even after that, he went back to say that all of these ones died in faith. I want everybody to know no matter the matter, Even Jesus, he died. <laughs> I'll touch on the on the two witnesses. Yeah. As I it is I'll touch on the two witnesses. Yes. Um uh, I'm starting from somewhere to somewhere so that everybody will understand what I want to talk about. But I want you to know there are two ways of receiving the body that God has prepared for you. The first one is by laying off this physical body so that you can put on that glorious body. The second one is by putting on the glorious body on this physical body. Are you getting it? As in, the physical body will be changed from within. Then, the glorious body will appear. So you see, God has actually prepared a glorious body for all of us. And that is what we are going for. That is our reward. When God gives you your glorious body, your reward will be in it. So when we are judged through the lake of fire, then <laughs> okay, let me start by saying it from this point so that many of you will not get confused. Now listen. Put this at the back of your mind. One thing that Jesus told us, he said, in the book of John chapter 14. Let's read something from John chapter 14, verse 1 and 2. John chapter 14, verse 1 and 2. And let's listen to what Jesus is saying. John chapter 14, verse 1 and 2. Now listen to what the Bible said. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. There is Jesus speaking. And he said, In my father's house, there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. Listen to what Jesus is saying. He said, In my father's house, there are many mansions. I am going to prepare a place for you. 
The first question is, what is the father's house? What is the father's house? Let me just give a short definition that even the lame man will understand. The father's house is the house that was built by the father. Is that not what every lame man will say? Good. So the father's house is the house that was built by the father. And I want to say something. Many of you will get shocked, but you have to understand it anyway. <laughs> Do you know that this your body is called a house? Do you know? This your body is called a house. The question I want to ask is this. Is this your body the father's house? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no answer. Samaba. <laughs> Okay. Before I say anything for you, you, you people to stone me, let me say something here. <laughs> I don't want anybody to stone me to death. I am not starving. <laughs> if this your body. Let's just analyze things. If this your body is the father's house, as we are all claiming, why is it called the body of death? Why is it not called life? Some say, man of God, what are you saying? Body of death, and there is nothing like body of death. Oh, take your time. Romans chapter 7, verse 24. Romans chapter 7, verse 24. Listen to what Paul is saying. Paul said, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? <laughs> so you see, this body actually is called the body of death in that death has power over this physical body. And the reason why death has power over this physical body is because something has been mixed with this physical body that was not originally supposed to be there because of that it is not entirely 
the perfect and pure body God in his original intent has made. If only you can fornicate, then something is wrong with your body. This is why Paul told us. He said, don't you know that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit? And if you fornicate, what you have done is that you have sinned against your own body. Now, Paul also told us that for the wages of sin is death. So, sin actually makes your body accessible to death. What am I trying to say? This body is not 100% of God's doing. God has a hand in this body, but it is not 100% of God's doing because you look more like your father, biological father, than God. <laughs> you look more like your biological mother than God. What God will not do that your mother did, that is what you are doing. What God, the Father, will not do that your father did, that is what you are doing. Someone says, Man of God, what are you trying to say? What are you trying to say? What are you, are you saying that we are nothing? That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> don't, don't, that's why I said, I'm, let me say it in a slow way so that you will not stone me to death. I'm trying to build a foundation for you to understand. If this body is purely the work of God and there is nothing wrong with it, we would never need the Holy Ghost. We don't, we don't, we don't need Him. Because what the Holy Ghost has come to do is to quicken our mortal bodies. Romans chapter 8 verse 11. What is He quickening our mortal bodies for? Romans 8 verse 11. The Bible says, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. So you see, the Holy Ghost has come to quicken our mortal. The word mortal means anything that is liable to death, anything that is under the control of death. So the Holy Ghost has come to quicken this mortal body and change it to a body. And the word quicken means to give life. To give life. The, the question is, what life? It is the Father's life. That is the life we call eternal life. The life of God. When that life enters into your body, it begins to change the cells of your body. It will start from the DNA. It will enter straight into the nucleus. Then it will touch the mitochondria. Then it will begin to move and move and move and move and move. Gondi apparatus. It will change everything. By the time you realize, your entire body has been changed to the glorious body that God has prepared. <laughs> Do 
Those of you who did science, you understand what I'm talking about. <laughs> I, can't, I, I can't explain some of these things without talking about science because God is a scientist. Are you getting it? So Jesus said, in my father's house, there are many much. The question is, what, what is the father's house? That is what we are explaining. Now, this house, this your body is called an earthly house. It is actually the house of this earth. Let's read something from the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Verse 1 to 4. Second Corinthians chapter 5. Verses 1 to 4. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Now the Bible said, For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, he's talking about this physical body. The Bible calls it the earthly house. But Jesus was telling us that in his father's house there are many mansions. So we have an earthly house. And we have a house that is made of the Father. And that is why God can say that I am building a house that was not made by human hands. Haven't you seen that before? Which is to say, this earthly house, there is a human hand in it. So it is not permitting God to fulfill his eternal agenda. And unless God takes out the human hand and fills that part with life. So the word of God said, For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Oh my God. So that body is waiting for you. It is, it is it's an eternal body. It is in the heavens. Paul said, for this reason, we groan earnestly, desiring to be clothed upon with our house, which is from heaven. So Paul said, we are groaning that that house which is from heaven will come on us, whilst we are still in this earthly house. So it is possible for the glorious body that God has prepared for you to come upon you once you are on earth. That means that you have been changed. If you have been changed, then Paul is now telling us, we have now understood what Paul said in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, that we shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed. Are you getting the scripture now? So there are certain people, they will sleep, others will be changed. All of them are going for their glorious bodies. Those that will sleep will go pass through channels to bear their glorious bodies. Whilst those that are also here will be changed because the glorious body will start moving from the realms of the heavens and it will manifest in their bodies oh amazing i wish we all can see what i'm talking about it is an amazing experience my god and our changing actually is what the bible calls caught up the caught up experience The caught up experience. Very, very necessary. People of God. Very, very necessary. I'll, I'll touch on that. Now listen. He said, 
for this reason, for, for, for in this we groan earnestly, desiring to be clothed upon with our house, which is from heaven. If so be that being clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we that we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened, not for that we would be unclothed. Do you know what Paul is saying? Paul said, I don't want to leave my physical body behind and go. It means you have unclothed yourself. That is to say, your physical body in itself is a cloth. This physical body, this earthly body, but it is called glory. It is called glory. I wish you can get the way I'm getting it in. <laughs> My God. It is not a cloth that physical cloth. No. That is to say. Oh my God, my God, my God, my God. I wish I can teach this into some heavy dimensions of the spirit realms and talk about the clothes in spiritual realms. When we say clothes, what does it mean? Even in the angelic ranks, their clothings actually speak of their ranks. So you as a human being, your physical body has spoken of a rank. When that body is changed to the glorious body, your rank has been changed. You have been lifted to a higher dimension. Your body is a cloth. So the question is, what is your body covering? May God have mercy on us. Paul is now telling us that I am praying. Let me, let me, can I explain this for you to understand? Let me touch on this. I wish we all can have this understanding because it will, it will take a lot of, um, wisdom to understand these things and like godly wisdom and serious focus follow me now listen to me the glorious body of everybody every human being on this earth is being prepared jesus said i am going to prepare a place for you a place a place. He said, in my father's house, there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I am going to prepare a place for you so that where I am, you shall be also. Now, all these words that the Bible is making mention of, it is not about going to heaven to see plenty rooms, and um, God will say, oh yeah, this is your room. I'm preparing the place means that I am make, I'm putting television there. You know, I'm letting the angels sweep the whole room. And you know, by the time you get there, the place is very nice. You can... <laughs> there are people like that who are thinking like that here. That's what they think. Let me give my seed so that they will use it to build a beautiful house for me in heaven. You are joking. 
Do you know what happens? When you give your seed, anything you do in the will of God through the Holy Ghost becomes a tool or an ingredient that God will use to build your glorious body. Are you getting the picture here? That is what Jesus is talking about. That is why he did not say, oh, the glorious body is already there. No, he is going to prepare. How is Jesus preparing that glorious body? It is based on your walk with the Spirit here. Because as we are walking on this earth, certain things are also happening hand in hand in, in the heavens. I'm telling you. And it is because of your glorious body. Anything you do here can affect your glorious body over there. It is the same way anything you do in this life can also affect this your physical body. They link. So there are some people that will die. They will just leave this physical body and, you know, journey into the heavens to receive their glorious bodies. Others will also be on this earth and grow in themselves and receive the glorious body. How is it going to happen? There is going to be a moment when the Lord Jesus Christ, who is seated on the right hand of the Father, will descend. And in his descending, what is going to happen is that the word of God said he will come with myriads of his saints. So all those that are dead and have gone through the proceedings and are with the Lord, they will descend. And as they are descending to the earth, the word of God spoke about the fact that it is actually in that period where they are descending that they will receive their glorious bodies. The Bible calls it the second resurrection. So you see, the glorious, the receiving of the glorious bodies is actually going to be in a certain realm close to the earth. When we that are here, because the glorious bodies are in the hands of the Lord Jesus. Because he is the one that, that is preparing them. It is not in the hands of any angel. He told us he is the one that is going to prepare it. So he is the one that will give everybody his glorious body. And we all, whether those that are dead or those that are still alive, we are all going to put on our glorious body at the same time. And that is the time that Jesus will be descending. So when he's descending, he's coming with the souls of the people that have not yet received their glorious bodies that are in heaven. So we all will receive the glorious bodies on a place close to the earth. Then Jesus will descend to the earth and reign with all of us. Are you getting it? So there are certain people. Second resurrection will happen to everybody. But it is not in the same way. Because. Let me, second resurrection in itself actually means that. You have been able to pass through the. 
second death and it had no effect on you. Let me touch on it one by one. Now, when a believer dies, the, the soul of the believer will leave. And when the soul leaves, what happens is that they take the soul of the person straight to the gate of the sea. He will enter the sea. And when he enters the sea known as the realm of the dead, he will do whatever is expected of him to do. And then he will enter through, by the time he gets to the other end of the sea, there are two gates. I spoke about it the other time. We have the narrow way and we have the broad way. And the word of God had already told us, the narrow way leads to life, but the broad way leads to death. So based on your reception of the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal savior, you are led by the angelic host through the sea of the realm of the dead into the narrow way. The moment you enter into the narrow way, you have come to a place of life. And that place of life is actually known as the place of the blood. I used the temple as an example, the tabernacle of Moses. That when you move from the liver, which is um, the basin of water, which is known as the sea, you move straight to the brazen altar. And that is where the lamb is killed. That is where the blood of Jesus speaks for you. So straight from the realm of the dead, which is the sea, a believer will pass through the narrow way and appear in the realm called the realm of life. That is the realm where the blood of Jesus speaks for you. When that happens, you now enter into the holy place. And I told you that the holy place, we have the table of showbread. We have the golden lampstand. Then you move to the last point, which is the altar of incense. All these things are realms of judgment that you have to pass through. You pass through all these realms before you go to God. Now, after you have passed through all these realms, you come to a place where there is a stream of fire. So you are passing through the realms of the heavens. You get to a place where there is a stream of fire. And beyond that stream of fire, thrones have been set. Daniel chapter 7, verse 9 and 10. Daniel chapter 7, verse 9 and 10. Beyond the stream of fire, we have thrones. The Bible said, I beheld till the thrones were cast down, and the ancient of this did sit, whose garment was white as snow, and the hair of his head like the pure wool. His throne was like the fiery flame, and his wheels as burning fire. Verse 10 says, A fiery stream, a stream of fire, issued and came forth from before him. Thousand thousands ministered unto him, and ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The judgment was set, and the books were opened. My God. The question is, what books? <laughs> Thank you, Holy Ghost. We have what we call the book of life. And we have what we call the Lamb's book of life. 
And we have what we call the books of works. The books of works. Now, the books of works is what the works you do for God according to His Spirit. You, it will be written in so that by that you will receive your crown, which is your reward. And the crowns are not even the same. We have crown of righteousness, crown of life. There are dimensions of crowns. Based on the kind of work you do, you will receive a particular crown. Francis said, is there anything like the book of service? It might be um, the book of works. Because everything you do with the Holy Ghost inside you is being recorded. And you receive a reward for that. That is why there are many people, they will never receive any reward because they did not do any work for God. That is why the other time, James was telling us that faith without works is dead, Faith without works is dead. When a person becomes a philanthropist because of his faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, the philanthropic work actually is the work of his faith. Don't you know that? I studied the scriptures and according to my faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, giving is an act of faith. So as I do that, so long as it is in line with the Holy Ghost, it will be tested, it will pass through the judgment fire. Then I will receive my reward for that. So every work you do with the Holy Ghost inside you will pass through fire. That is why you have been called as a man of God. Maybe you are an associate pastor in a certain church. Are you doing the work for God or for yourself? Do you just get angry and say, I will never be in this church again. I'm going because of what maybe your pastor has said. Are you going for missions because you just want to travel or there is the love of God in your heart? That is why Paul told us in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. He said, If I can speak with the tongues of angels and of men, and I don't have love, I am nothing. I am like a tinkling cymbal. He said, Even if I die for my brother and I don't have love, hey, how can I die for my brother and there's no love attached? So, what actually caused me to die for my brother? That we will tell you that people die for others for so many reasons that are not for love. So when we pass this act of death of this person through the fire, it will come out with no result. Then we will realize that there was no love in what the person did. So there are many people, we are seeing them doing amazing things, but the Lord God is not in it. The love of God is not in it. We will clap for them. Human beings will clap. But when we bring it through the fire of judgment, it will burn and there is nothing that will come out. That is why you have to understand life. 
You have to un- So you see, what will actually get you your, res- your reward in heaven is your obedience to the Spirit of God. I'm telling you. Your obedience to the Holy Ghost. That sometimes you want to, you want to, you know, you want to start a ministry. And what the Lord is telling you is not to start the ministry. When you start it for 10 years, you prophesy to be on point. Giftings will be at work. But the thing is, the love of God, which is actually the presence of the Holy Ghost, is has not, let me say, given final authority over that work. Do you know that somebody that is a military man, can just wear the uniform and go out and do something on his own without authorization from the commander. But because he's wearing that, people will respect the uniform. So the respect people are giving to the people are giving to the person because of the uniform is actually not an authorization from the commander. Put that at the back of your mind. Any time you want to do something, ask God, am I supposed to? Because you might do it, people will clap for you, but it will not make anything in heaven. You will pass it through fire and nothing will come out. That's why there are many believers, eh? many men of God, they are known on TV everywhere. That some of them, God never told them to be on TV, but they are on TV. And they'll say, wow, this man of God is good, or this man of God is good, or this man of God is good. There's someone too, God told him that you stay. Stay at Bunkrugu Yoyu. Don't go anywhere. Stay there. And that is where the person has stayed for 25 years. Nobody knows him. But God is using him amazingly over there. Hey. Now, when all these people come before God and God take their works and pass it through the fire, you realize that the one that stayed in Bunkrugu Yoyo will come out with a golden thing because he obeyed God. Let me tell you something. Don't let anybody rush you. You see, we are believers. We have already conquered death. So if you are a believer and you are still thinking about hell, yeah, I don't even know what to do. Hell, hell, you are still young. You need to take you to Sunday school and teach you properly. The moment you believe in the Lord Jesus, you have resurrected from dead. And that means that death, hell, has no power over your life. The next thing you are supposed to focus on is what you will do with the Holy Ghost at work in you. Then go for your reward. You can't be a believer now you are still thinking about hell. I don't even know what to do. Yeah, just say, yeah, hmm, I don't even know this life. I don't know whether I will make it to heaven or not. Right now. I am saying this point blank. Let me tell you, going to heaven is not the ultimate. That is not where we are. That is not the focus. It is actually the reward. Because the reward you receive will determine your rank with the Lord Jesus and the reign that we all will reign on this earth. 
no matter the matter, when you enter into a palace, we have a linguist, we have a king, we have a henkwa, we have people that are cleaners. They are, they are all in the palace, but they are all not of the same rank. So we all will be to heaven, you know, but I'm telling you, the places where Paul and those others will sit, some people cannot venture. Are you getting the picture here? So it is in the lake of fire that we are going to be judged. Everything will pass through fire. Fire is what God will use to test you. Everything will pass through fire. Everything. Everything. Because everything passed through fire before it appeared physically. So it will pass through fire. It is like this. They have given you a card at a workplace. And they said, when you enter the workplace, slot the card into a certain machine. Once you slot it in, continue to do your work. When you are done, take out the card. And when you get in front of the main entrance, slot the card in. It will now read the hours you worked and the amount you are supposed to receive. The same card. So at first, it was given to you. You slotted it into a certain machine. So you see, that's sometimes when you, are, when you go to an airport and you are packing your car, they will give you a certain card. And when, sometimes when you get the card, you will show the card to a certain machine. It will start reading time. When you return, you will show the card to the same machine. And it will pick the time you have spent and charge you. Haven't you seen that before? Good. That is what you have to understand. So we passed through fire and came here with an assignment, with a mission. We will go back to that same fire. And that same fire will test us whether what we came to do, we have perfected it. Then our reward will be given to us. But there are Christians, when they pass through the fire, the fire will hurt them. What does it mean that the fire will hurt them? It means that they will come out and will not get any results. Because there are still Christians who can't evangelize. They, they feel shy to mention the name of Jesus to their own friends. They feel shy. There are some of you, when you are in the house, they call you guy, yo, 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 what's up, Charlie, yo, yo. <laughs> some of you in the house, your, fa your father knows that my son loves God. Hey, you go to campus, now you change your name. Killer. Last killer. Terminator 5. Hey. 
So your mother comes to the school to look for you. Please, I'm looking for Emmanuel. Mommy, Emmanuel, Emmanuel. Don't know any man. Oh, Emmanuel. Oh, I have his picture here. The moment your mother shows the picture to someone, say, Oh, last killer. Yo, Charlie, where last killer? Ah, last what? <laughs> hey! I'm telling you. Somebody said, Edwin said, we had a guy in school, his name was Gunshot. We didn't know his real name. Look at that. When, when, we, when I, I went to um, senior high school, there was a certain guy, his name was Shiri. Shiri. Anytime you see this guy, his eyes are red. It's a high school, dear new. And she reached and when you go to especially the United States of America and those places, their high schools, their children are actually spoiled. I'm telling you, serious. They are spoiled, Ankasa, Ankasa, Ankasa. If you know, you know. People of God. So listen. Look at that. May God have mercy on his children and open greater doors for them. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So now put this at the back of your mind. That when we are passed through, the Bible said, in the book of Revelation chapter 20, Revelation chapter 20. Verse 10. Revelation chapter 20 verse 10. 14 and 15. Listen to what the Bible said. The Bible said, And the devil deceived them. He said, And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire. And brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. Verse 14 and 15, the Bible said, And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. So there is the first death. The first death is actually talking about disconnection from God. So sin on the side of man, we sinned against God. And the wages of sin is death. So we died. 
That's why I said physical death actually is not called death in God's dictionary. It is called sleep. It is actually a transition. You are leaving your, your clothes somewhere. It's like you are going to bath and you have removed your clothes and you are hanging it. So you see, now, so we die, we receive the Lord Jesus. That means the moment you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you that were dead, you have been brought back to life. And nobody is brought back to life if he or she is not resurrected. Are you getting it? So your belief in the Lord Jesus and your born again experience actually is also known as the first resurrection. Your first resurrection. Now, when you die, the first resurrection is actually like a process. When you die as a believer, when you get to, when you cross the realm of the dead, which is the sea, and you get to the narrow way, and you pass through the gate of the narrow way, you appear at the place called life. And when you get to that place, there is one thing they see in your soul. It is actually a sign of resurrection. It is a sign of resurrection. And that sign of resurrection is what leads you into the realm of life. Let me tell you something. There are two dimensions of the Lord Jesus. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. I, I don't want to go there. You'll get confused. <laughs> But let's get that. So it is the sign of resurrection that leads you into the realm of life. Now the word of God said that death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. So hell actually is not a place of eternal judgment. No. Let's put that at the back of our minds. Hell is not. I told you, when a person enters it through the sea, which is the realm of the dead, there are two gates that exit the realm of the dead. One is the narrow way and the other is the broad way. The broad way leads to hell. And there is no fire in hell. Put this at the back of your mind. There is no fire in hell. Many of you say, oh, bonsem jim, bonsem jim, bonsem jim. As if Satan created the fire. <laughs> oh. Even Satan himself, that's what the word of God said. He will be cast into the lake of fire. Now, put this at the back of your mind. The lake of fire actually is called This is what the word of God said. Listen to this. He said, Death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. This is the second death. The question is, what is the second death? If only you can pick it from this scripture. What is the second death? 
what is the second death? Okay, somebody said being cast into the lake of fire. Who else? No, I'm talking about from this scripture. From this scripture. We should not bring out any definition outside the script because the scripture is defining what second death is. And we should focus on that one. Okay, he said the lake of fire. What else? Someone said being cast into the lake. So the question is, is it being cast into the lake of fire that is the second death or the lake of fire itself? Yeah, the place has become quiet. <laughs> hey, so there are plenty of people here, only three people are talking. Hey, where are the rest? If we say, oh, we are sharing um, Vodafone airtime. Ah, stampede this one has is here. <laughs> okay, that is it. So being cast into the lake of fire is actually the second death. Being cast into the lake of fire is actually the second death. Now, the thing is, if we will also listen to what the word of God said in the book of Revelation chapter 2 verse 11. Revelation chapter 2 verse 11. And let's look at something here. If being cast into the lake of fire is the second death, then let's read something from Revelation chapter 2, verse 11. You can post it here quickly. I want everybody to see it. The Bible said, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. He that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. Now, God is talking about he that overcometh. Because this side, he's speaking of Christians. So do you know that? Because the Spirit is speaking to the churches. And the churches are the churches of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he said, among the churches, he that overcometh. That means some people are among the church of the Lord Jesus Christ that will not overcome. Very, very, very important. It is at this point that the separation comes among Christians. <laughs> we all will go through all the other dimensions of the heavens, but when we get into the dimension of the second death, which is the lake of fire, where we are about to be cast into, separation will come right now. There are those that have overcome and those that have not overcome. The question is, what have they overcome? What have they overcome?
First John chapter 5, verse 4. Let's read something. First John chapter 5, verse 4. God has brought us to this earth to overcome something. We came to fulfill an assignment, but something is standing against us that we are supposed to overcome it. Now listen to this. He said, for everyone that is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So what are we supposed to overcome? What are we supposed to overcome? The world. The world. If you remember yesterday, I made a teaching about the world. If you were not here, go and download. So there are Christians that the world will influence them several times. But so long as they do not lose their faith in Christ, when they die, they will also appear before the heavens. They will go through the lake of fire, which is the second death. But because the world overcame them and they were not able to overcome the world, they will be hurt by the second death. So the Bible said, He that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. That means if you don't overcome, you will be hurt. So the question is, what is the hurt of the second death? It means that you will go through the lake of fire. There are the people that will not receive any reward. The reason why they will not receive any reward is, is that they could not overcome the world. So there are prophets that God called into the prophetic ministry to do his assignment, but they focused so much on money to the extent that they did not do the assignment God wanted them. They were so much focused on living a luxurious life, getting big, big cars. The, the, the heart for souls were not in them. They got a lot of houses, a lot of cars, a lot of businesses. They built big, big churches and all those kind of things just to please themselves. The world has its focus on them. And they fell several times through temptations. Hmm. They could not achieve the purpose of God for their lives. An overcomer is the one that has stood face to face with the world and its systems and have still fulfilled the mandate of God on the earth. So Christian, there are some Christians, that is why the Bible said in the book of Revelation, I think chapter 21, certain people will appear in heaven, they will cry. Do you know that? They were crying and Jesus came to wipe their tears. Why were they crying? If you think heaven is the last stop and you are now in heaven, oh, then you'll be happy. No, it's not true. It is never true. My God. This, this will let you start thinking on how to receive rewards in heaven. When God tells you to do something, 
Don't lower it down. <laughs> yes, many people, you see, oh, Yekodia Homi or heaven. You don't understand. Read the scriptures very well. And the problem is, they just don't understand what rest is. Oh, Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. All right, God bless you, people of God. So, as the scriptures have said, there are those that will overcome and those that will not overcome. And those that will not overcome are those that the world will stand against to a point where, and the Bible told us the things that are in the world. God bless you, my son, Prince. The Bible told us of the things that are in the world. The Bible calls them the last of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. All these things are what the world is full of. And one of these days we'll go deep into these teachings very well. In fact, when Jesus came to the world to start his assignment, these were the three points the devil tempted him with in the wilderness. You remember, lust of the flesh was actually about food. He tempted Adam and Eve in the garden. They could not control the, their flesh when it comes to food and they fell. So he went to Jesus and said, if you claim to be the son of God, turn this stone to bread. Jesus said, no, it is written. 
For it is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. So what he was saying was that at this point in time, I am living by the word proceeding from God, not by bread. Because at that moment, he was in a moment of fasting. Which is also to say, anytime a man is fasting, it is the word of God, the proceeding word of God, that fills him. The God willing, next two weeks we are going to talk about fasting. And we will let you know. Some of you, do you think fasting means you, should, you are not eating? No, 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 no. Be very careful. Any fast you fast without knowing the word of God, without studying the scriptures, you are lost. It is a waste. So look at the number of years you have wasted fasting. That is why the other time when you fasted, it landed you at the hospital with ulcer. Yeah, Jesus fasted 40 days, 40 nights. He did not get fasting. Two days, even that's the first day now. First day now. Oh, I'm going to say, spring roll around. I why now? Hey! The day you have decided to fast, that is the day your mother will cook your off. Early morning, whilst in bed, fasting and praying, the aroma will enter your room, straight into your nostrils. Then you start getting visions of plates and jollof. Hey! I tell you, it is a temptation it is called last of the flesh. The moment your flesh begins to last after the food, at the moment where you are not supposed to, you, you fall for it. And it's a last of the eyes. The Bible said he, the devil took Jesus to the pinnacle of the temple of Jerusalem and he showed him all the kingdoms. And as Jesus was looking at the kingdoms, amazing, luxurious kingdom with gold, everything, he said, bow down to me and I will give you all these things. Hey! Last of the eyes. Some of us, when we see a brand new car, we will do anything to get it. There are people, they will only speak in tongues when they see Benz. The moment they see Honda Civic, Colossal Affiliate aside, hey, Jesus. <laughs> they, uh, Job said, I have vowed, I have entered into a covenant with my eyes that I will not behold a woman twice. But some of us, oh Jesus Christ, it looks like our eyes have been plucked out and it is on the woman's body already. Even when we are not looking, just say we can go to our homes and sleep and we are still looking. Hey! We will, we will look and see. <laughs> Some people, when they see the botons, the big botons of women, they get confused in life. They forget that they are Christians. 
lust of the eyes. Because of that, a lot of women too want to pump their buttons. Deception everywhere. We are all deceiving ourselves. The young guy is pretending to have money meanwhile he doesn't have. The lady too is pretending to have big buttons and big breasts meanwhile she does not have. And both of them have met. No mean we could share a restaurant. My God. I think it is one of the movies I want to I'm writing. Part one will come very soon. <laughs> and um, I'm going to use um my son Dake Prince for the the role of the guy and the lady there uh, later I'll mention in passing. Alright, may God help us all in the name of the Lord Jesus. People of God, let you understand what, what has God called me to do? Which mountain of influence has God called me to be on? Know that there are some of you here listening to me, you have not, you have not been called into ministry. But the calling of God is on you. Anytime somebody says the call of God is on your life, ask the person, where did he call me to? But this thing, you are actually supposed to know it yourself. But we have actually, you know, made the whole thing look like when somebody says the calling of God is upon you, it means you have been called into ministry. Because God has called everybody. When I was teaching on that, I, I said this the other time. That God has called all of us by His grace. And I told you that the works of God start with grace and they end in glory. God has called everybody. But our callings are not the same. Some of us have been called into government. So no matter what you do, you go into politics. God is sending you there as an apostle to change things. So there are a lot of ministers that God sent them as apostles. They are apostles in government. They are not apostles that are preaching with Bible in churches. No. They are apostles in judgment, in, in government. Some, some of us too are apostles in economic situations and businesses and finance. So no matter the matter, God will raise you to be a kingdom financier. There are people like that. Some people to God will take them into, you know, nations and God will make them great people when it comes to finances. So amazing when our financial minister is a financial guru in God's kingdom. Why, why wouldn't that be an amazing experience? I remember some time ago, I went to a Pentecost church and they told me that this church was built by a certain man. And when they mentioned the name of him, I said, wow. You see, most of the time, Pentecost, when they build the church, they will actually um, put a, a certain plaque card. They will fix it to the wall and write the name of the person and all those kind of things. So I went out and I checked. And we have all heard of this man called Tobinko, Tobinko Pharmacy. How many of us know that man? 
He alone built that big church. I said, Kai, and then I will never forget. A bigger thing. And he has built a lot of churches. And later I realized that he was even a deacon or an elder in the Church of Pentecost. I said, "Uh huh." You see the thing. To Binko, I said, "My goodness." God is raising men that will be in this area often. I pray that the Lord God Almighty will grant you the grace to even work in economy, in the business field, in the financial field, in the kingdom of God. You will be a kingdom financier. When the church is in need of drums, you will pay without thinking of it. When the church is in need of a building, you will, you will build it without thinking and God will build you up. I have never seen anybody that has given his or her all to God's kingdom and has ended poor. David said, I have never seen. I have never. There is a way gone. And do you know when the Bible makes mention of the righteous, it is linked to the kingdom. Because there is no way you can be righteous without God. That is why the Bible makes it clear. Matthew 6.33 Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So anybody that is a righteous person is somebody that gives to God's kingdom. And I'm telling you. Now see for there is a way God will keep records of the good deeds that people will do out of love to his kingdom. That it will bring wealth into the family. The problem is that there are many of us, we came to meet wealth in our family. We don't know how it came forth. And we are misusing it. And if we misuse it, we might truncate that proceedings of God's financial grace on the family. But if you understand that this financial grace came to this family because a certain grandfather of yours supported God's kingdom, your father also supported and when you came, you were supposed to support. You used the money on yourself and your and women and women. Timiko tna club. No, I ji wa ji chese ja 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 ja. Utimi ji a ji nse fufu ni nakam. Hey. So say ni le ni le di e ye part e ye ne birthday party kesiye. Meanwhile, that evening he went to church. They said that oh, we are in need of um drums and this this. He gave fifty cities. But the following day, the lady was celebrating her birthday. A girlfriend or not a wife yet. One more my cake, na cake no sa cake no mo ya no mo di sikashi mo. Adibi was so chia. Na sikane yibasa ya se sheno adibi msa. Two hundred cd notes. Maku 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 be two hundred. For a lady that you are not yet married to. And the church of God is in need of drums. You give 50 CDs. The way we will need the cement paper to chill on a sorry cause you are saying, Abeka.
may God have mercy upon us. In Jesus' precious mighty name. Amen. Alright, God willing, this night we are going to meet for priesthood time and pray. The Lord is up to something new. Last night it was amazing when the Lord covered our destinies. Any uncovering that was upon us that made us naked in the spirit, God covered us. And he also covered departments of our lives. Some of you started receiving money that you have never received before. God started working on your finances. God started working on your health. God started working on that kind of misunderstanding that was in the family. Things have started going well. Yes, the covering of the Lord has come upon that naked part of your destiny. This night too, we are meeting in prayer. Join us. We will fire prayer and the Lord God Almighty will lift up his hand in Jesus' precious mighty name. Amen. Also, next week, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, third fourth fifth we are meeting my god it is going to be a time of strange encounters with the lord it's a program it is going to be lunch prayer fire and priesthood time those moments 12 noon to 2 p.m then from 12 a.m to 2 a.m wednesday thursday friday and I believe God that He's going to give us tokens that we are going to engage them in prayer and will do amazing things. So please get ready when the direction comes, quickly follow it and let God help your destiny. In Jesus' precious mighty name, amen. Also, God willing, on the 15th of November, 15th to the 21st of November, we are all climbing the top of the mountains. We are going to experience God in a unique way. The theme is divine transfiguration. We are going to return transfigured by the Spirit of the Lord in Jesus' precious mighty name. God bless you and keep all of you strong in the mighty name of the lord jesus so please if you are in ghana don't miss this one or don't miss this one the other time people from uk they, they came to ghana and they joined us it was amazing it was amazing there is nothing that must stop you god bless you and keep all of you strong in the name of the lord jesus amen <laughs> Alright, come and experience the power of God. Come and experience the power of God. It's going to be amazing in Jesus' precious mighty name. God bless you and keep all of you strong. If you want to support the work of God, the number is 0240312551. I want you to know this. Don't be an ignorant believer. Don't be an ignorant believer. You study the word of God. As you are praying, believing God to open your eyes to prophesy, please, I beg you, study the word of God too. <laughs> so please get ready and join us. The mighty hand of God will move mightily in our midst. God bless you and keep all of you strong in the precious name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. If you also want to be part of the covenant partners, you want to say, man of God, every month I want to give this amount, 100 cities, 200 cities, 300 cities, 50 cities, to support the ministry. Man of God, um, please add me to the covenant partners WhatsApp page and um, I, will start, I will enter into a covenant with God and start giving my covenant partnership seed. 
that the heavens will be opened above me. The Lord will do amazing things for you. God bless you and keep all of you strong in Jesus' precious mighty name. We will surely meet this night at exactly 12 a.m. God bless you. We will meet. Erica, all right, I'm going to add you. God bless you. Shalom. Bye-bye. Any young boy called Ernest, that the enemy is trying to attack his health. Any small boy, small boy, like from one to three years old, called Ernest, called Ernest. We pray in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. The Lord will save the life of Ernest in Jesus' mighty name. He will not die in the precious name of the Lord Jesus. Amen.